the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar-admitted attorney. I'm also a bankruptcy law certified specialist certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And my specialization actually is in small business uh, bankruptcies. And I'm going to be talking about the inverse of small business bankruptcies in today's show. So in addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees of law. One is a master of the laws of taxation law and the other is the master of of the laws of intellectual property law. Both of my master's degrees were attained, obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in beautiful downtown San Francisco. And I'm also pleased to tell you that last fall, I went back to school and I'm part of an innovative new program that Golden Gate University has put together to increase entrepreneurship in the San Francisco Bay Area. So that's why I'm going to be talking about that today. However, because of my training, experience, interests, and expertise, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate and taxation law. And I am probably the most proud to say that as part of my practice, I'm sometimes able to help vindicate the rights of seniors who have found themselves victims of the various forms of financial elder abuse that's really on the rise today. I am, as always, so pleased to be able to come to you again today from the beautiful KFAX studios in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting families and small business owners. However, as always, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you if you have a legal problem to help you begin your search for more detailed information that it's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with an outline of some of the issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. I do this because, as I'm known for saying, representing yourself in a legal matter without 
at least consulting with a, a, a lawyer or, or someone who has financial expertise. It's unfortunately like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And because I grew up in a house full of boys, I've seen just about every great Western ever produced. And I got to tell you, when Shane came up against uh, the Stark gang, he brought more than a butter knife ultimately. Because unfortunately, if you don't have the legal expertise, you're going to find that your otherwise valid claim or your otherwise valid defense is going to be overwritten by procedural rules and the other side having more expertise than you. So you ultimately will be, you know, dead on arrival where those bad guys are in most of the Westerns we see. So once again, I have to capsulize the purpose of Selwyn's Law on KFAX, in case you haven't guessed, is to discuss the law related to your money and your finances, or sometimes the lack thereof, and also help you consider the issues that are surrounding protecting your family's health, wealth, and well-being, and also give you some guidelines about how to start and keep a business going, which is the inverse side of bankruptcy. Again, this is coming from my perspective. Uh, With that understanding, I've heard from some of you out there in Radio Land who want to know about starting a business. And as such, I say that's very intuitive of you to ask a bankruptcy attorney who specializes in small business reorganization uh, because that is basically the same, uh, a different side of the same coin. Most small businesses periodically run into trouble and need reorganization, just like the big guys, PG&E and Sears, that that we've been using as models over the last several weeks. And so a business, when it's going well, uh, it's because it has talent, expertise, it has legal advice, financial advice. And when it runs into trouble, believe it or not, it needs that same kind of advice to pull themselves back from the brink. Because quite frankly, um, this is what I love most about my work is helping entrepreneurs who stumble get back up on their feet. Because we all stumble and need help every once in a while, even lawyers like me. Because believe it or not, I am an entrepreneur and a small business person. So I need help and counsel and guidance from time to time. That's why I went to great a great university, a great law school, and now they're reaching out to help me go to the next phase and start a new venture. And I'll share that new venture with you guys over the coming weeks. But for right now, today's topic is just baseline entrepreneurship. Again, it's what I consider to be the flip side of the financial coin that on one side is bankruptcy, and how do we get flipped in, flipped back into entrepreneurship? And we run into an obstacle uh, that t- makes us look at a bankruptcy or liquidation, reorganization or liquidation, uh, and maybe if we can reorganize, we can flip back to entrepreneurship. So first, let me share some baseline definitions, and I'll discuss some legal issues you need to think of about when you are st- going to start a business, some structural issues that you need to think about. And so as I don't like to recreate the wheel unnecessarily, I found a very good 
overview on this topic at a website called Investopedia. And it's actually a really good um, a website. It, it is like an encyclopedia of finance on the web. And this particular article is entitled Entrepreneurs and Entrepreneurship Defined. And it's by Mr. Shobich Seth. And he wrote the article way back in December 18, 2017. But it's still good information today. So let's begin. An entrepreneur is an individual who starts and runs a business with limited resources and planning and is responsible for all the risk and reward her business venture undertakes. The business idea usually encompasses a new product or service rather than an existing business model. Such entrepreneurial ventures target high returns with an equally high level of uncertainty, also known as risk. The entrepreneur is willing to risk her financial security, her career, and spend her time as well as her capital on an uncertain venture, arranging for necessary capital, raw materials, manufacturing locations, and skilled employees or other partners. Marketing, sales, and distributions are other important aspects which are controlled by the entrepreneur. Even if some of these functions are outsourced, the risk is still carried by the entrepreneur. This makes entrepreneurship different from inheriting or running an existing business, working for a startup entrepreneur for a salary, being a commissioned agent, or selling already available goods or services as a franchisee or a dealership. So what's the difference between a small business or small businesses and entrepreneurial ventures? There's a fine line between being a small business owner and an entrepreneur. The roles actually have a lot in common, but there are distinct differences that set them far apart. Small businesses usually deal with known and established products or services, while entrepreneurial ventures focus on new, innovative offerings. Because of this, small business owners tend to deal with known risk and entrepreneurs face unknown risk. Limited growth with continued profitability is what is hoped for in most small businesses, while entrepreneurial ventures target rapid growth and they want very high return because remember, they're putting everything on the line, sometimes including their marriages. As a result, entrepreneurial ventures generally impact economies and communities in a significant manner, which also results in a cascading effect on other sectors like job creation. Small businesses are more limited in their perspective and remain confined to their own dom domain and their own designated group. So um, when I come back, we'll continue our discussion on entrepreneurship and why you, and maybe especially your children, should be, consider becoming an entrepreneur. But first, we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Now 
back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on entrepreneurship with the goal of trying to open up your mind a bit. Some of you who are unhappy in your employed life um, or some of you youngsters out there especially who are in university or even some of you in high school because some really great ventures have been started by individuals who didn't complete college. Uh, It's because they got a tickling or tingle and wanted to do something exciting and, you know, take over the universe, (laughs) a a little part of it anyway, with a quality product or service that could generate funds for themselves, their family, and more importantly, their community and this nation. So let's get back to our discussion of entrepreneurship. And again, I'm reading from an article that was produced in uh, Investopedia uh, a couple years ago. It next talks about myths about entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs take uncalculated and unknown risk without plan. This myth is partially true. Entrepreneurs do take uncalculated and unknown risk, but they keep resources and they plan as much as they can for dealing with the unknown. So most entrepreneurs I know, they um, maybe they work uh, at a job that maybe they don't care for to save up uh, a nest egg, as it were, and they keep that as a reserve. And when the reserve gets really low, they realize that they need to do something to keep going. So it's not that entrepreneurs are just scatterbrained and out there doing stuff without any plan and no resources. The entrepreneurial spirit keeps them going, because I'm talking about myself too, but they have to realize that they have to have resources and they can't, you know, just step off on faith alone. You know, it's just like some of us who are listening to me, we know about faith. You have to have faith for uh, your religious purposes, but you also have to have faith about your business. But you rely on resources such as your spiritual teachings, what you learn from your family to keep you going on the spiritual side when things go wrong. When you're in a small business, you step out on faith, but you have a network of friends, you have some resources, and you have some plans to keep you going. Another myth is entrepreneurs start business with revolutionary invention. This is also partially true. Not all entrepreneurial ventures are true breakthroughs, however. Most are identifying and capitalizing on a mix-and-match approach. Google did not invent the Internet. McDonald's did not invent the cheeseburger. Starbucks did not invent coffee. It's the identification and capitalization of an idea and rapid growth that makes a venture entrepreneurial. I'm going to put a plug in it and talk about probably the newest. Well, it's not the newest venture, but it stepped out and became part of the marketplace with its initial public offering this week, and that's Lyft. It started with its own resources, its own idea, its own application, uh, generating money. It was, you know, in debt for the most part, but it decided that it was ready to step up. And so it put itself out in the marketplace to be a C corporation, and it generated 
uh, a, a lot of buzz and a lot of money this past Monday. And it's an example of the entrepreneurial spirit. The third myth is entrepreneurial ventures are only after gaining significant experience in the industry. So let me restate that. Entrepreneurs venture out only after gaining significant experience in the industry. Most entrepreneurs are young, inexperienced individuals who follow their passion. And perhaps that's what Lyft did. The Another myth is entrepreneurs complete extensive research before taking the first step. Uh, The true fact is, unless an existing business is setting up a new business line or a new concept, entrepreneurs start with very limited or no research. However, they do have a good awareness about the potential of their offerings, which gives them the confidence to take a risk. So I'm going to step in here and say that's one of the reasons why Golden Gate University's entrepreneurship program got started and why I'm participating in it. You do need to do the research, even if you have an entrepreneurial spirit, because there's so much entrepreneurial energy out there. You have to distinguish uh, yourself. And so the program that I'm participating in, um, it, it's composed of, it started out with like 30 of us. They were like five lawyers and five HR people, five scientists types, uh, you know, and there were some CPAs. And they did that for a reason. So we could be each other's boards of directors in a very informal way. And one of the things that I contributed to my uh, classmates was to give them a, a, uh, um, an outline of setting themselves up with the proper business structure. So while it's true that you know, there'll be some breakthroughs with uh, entities that don't do a lot of research and planning. And I've done a lot of research and planning for the venture that I'm uh, uh, working on. Um, but it, it's few and far between. There's not going to be a whole lot of Stephen Jobs and Apples I- anymore. You know, it, it, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of very intelligent people out here with a lot of ideas, but right now the big issue, the big idea is artificial intelligence and robots, and they kind of join hand in hand, and it, and it's big data, and that's another reason why I'm so proud of my uh, university. They have uh, a huge program of how it is you can turn a lot of data into something that makes sense for the human brain and then articulate that in algorithms um, using AI and how to program inanimate objects to perform functions. The downside of that is these inanimate objects with these algorithms are going to unsettle the employment marketplace, not only here in America, but around the world. So that's why I want you young people that are listening to me to consider being an entrepreneur and consider being the one who's programming these inanimate objects, even if you don't want to take the risk of starting a business, because the marketplace is shifting and we have to know about how we're going to remain uh, meaningful and have a meaningful existence in this changing marketplace. The final myth is entrepreneurs start with sufficient capital. I know that's not true. Capital is the foremost requirement of any entrepreneurial venture. 
Most entrepreneurs fail to secure sufficient capital from outside sources unless they somehow have proven themselves and have a marketable prototype of of a product or a uh, a, a, a algorithm or a schema of a service. Hence, most entrepreneurs start out with insufficient capital with the aim of securing more capital along the way. And that's another reason why this program at Golden Gate University is so good. One of the things that they had us do as part of the program uh, was have a shark tank (laughs) presentation to entrepreneurs from Silicon Valley to talk about our product and service to get us used to feeling comfortable and confident in explaining what it is uh, our product or service was and how it solves a problem for people as a way to start generating interest in our product. Uh, Now we're in the um, mentorship phase where, uh, for example, I have an entrepreneur, uh, a VC uh, coach who's helping me, you know, articulate really fully my idea. And again, I'm talking about this today because some of you reached out to me uh, you, you know that I, always, I do business and you want to know what it's like to be an entrepreneur. I really think young people need to focus on developing their intellect and their ethics and their morals such that they can become future leaders. Now, not everybody's going to make a billion gazillion dollars, but quite a few of you can make a really good living, especially if you cluster together with other entrepreneurs and have networks and small groups that coalesce, you know, which was part of the Golden Gate University plan to get us to hook up with each other and support each other. So uh, I'm going to go on with examples of entrepreneurship. For example, trading goods, like buying an entire lot of branded shampoo at wholesale rates and selling them at a retail rate, uh, at a retail shop or online. That's not entrepreneurship. However, manufacturing your own innovative herbal shampoo containing a patent, uh, some kind of patented process, uh, and marketing it for business use in the same channels does qualify as entrepreneurship. So it's, it's, this, it's this new idea uh, and in fact, one of my um, classmates in the program has developed a, a herbal soap that smells good, that's made only from uh, natural ingredients and based in olive oil. And it, that's entrepreneurship as opposed to her going out and buying, you know, soap from some country where soap was cheap. She created her own product. Another uh, example is the African-based Kickstarter organization, not to be uh, confused with Kickstarter, has become a, uh, it, it focuses on building low-cost, low-effort, high-yield products like soil press, a machine that processes sunflower seed into cooking oil and manually operated through a water pump that requires minimum effort. That's an, a, an entrepreneurship venture. Again, it's using creativity and energy and new ideas to create a product or service that has a new twist to it. Uh, you know, our 
our climate is impacting our ability to uh, grow food and crops. And so uh, an area where you can use less area and less resources is an entrepreneurial area that some people are going into. So this is just the start of our, uh, our, our series of programs on entrepreneurship. But I'm going to leave it there for now. Uh, and the next time we come back, we're going to look at what it takes to start up and run an enterprise, like the Starship Enterprise, my, my favorite science fiction show. <laughs> As always in parting, I urge you all, I urge us all to stay on the right side of the law. So until next time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.